In today's episode, we're discussing what it means to be a good dad. Hey everyone, welcome to the Pape Fatigate podcast, the podcast for dads by dads. Something that comes up a lot with new and expecting dads is the question, will I be a good dad? We're going to explore some popular ideas about what it means to be a good dad and some of the more common issues about fatherhood. We'll also discuss some of the strategies for dealing with these concerns. Keep in mind, we're no way experts in this field. However, as recurring themes for dads, it feels helpful to address this question directly with the conversation that we'll have today. So here's my deal. I have two daughters, ages five and eight. Hey, I'm Dave. I have a daughter who's eight and a five-year-old son. So a quick Google search and frankly, any conversation you have with a new dad shows the range of emotions that new dads go through or expecting dads go through. There are a lot of common fears or concerns about fatherhood, like financial stress, financial worries. How are things going to change with the relationship? Is there going to be relationship stress with the mother or your wife? Lack of sleep and other self-care, which is a big part of this podcast theme. There are also concerns about identity and things like growing up and, uh, you know, becoming somebody else or changing, changing societal roles. A lot of the concerns, though, can be grouped into a common theme, which is, will I be a good dad? For example, some of the things that I've read about are people that had a great father and a great uh, childhood with their dad. Will they be as good? Will they live up to that standard? Maybe somebody had a challenging relationship with their dad. Will they be able to do better? Will they be able to correct some of the things that they uh, had challenges with in their childhood? Are they ready to be a dad? Will they have to grow up? So all these are questions that people have about you know, there's some, some deep questions about what it means to be a dad. So whether or not I'll be a good dad, that seems like a, a an important question and one that's that's totally rational. Of course, it's a concern. You know, as I've said before, mothers become mothers over, over a course of nine months, whereas dads just become dads. And it's unlike anything we've done before. It'd be like being dropped into a new sport without knowing anything about it and just seeing how it goes. In this day and age, dads are much more involved with parenting, and it's still kind of a, a new thing. If you think about one or even two generations ago, it was really, it would be unheard of, or at least very rare to see a, a man walking with a stroller, or a dad walking with a stroller. And in fact, there was a whole movie about it. If you remember the movie Mr. Mom, and it was this whole comedy about the, the antics about a man that had to take care of a baby. Hilarity. Uh, so the men's role is really changing, and there's a lot of reasons why, and it's outside of the discussion that we're gonna have today. But the fact is that dads are being more involved. So Dave, you and I and a lot of other dads have had conversations about how to parent, and you've described a lot of what we talk about as intentional parenting, which is essentially how do we be good dads or how do we become better dads? And that's what I want to talk about today. So, I mean, let's start with this. What do you think it means to be a good dad? When you when you hear that phrase, how do I be a good dad or will I be a good dad? What do you think of? Yeah, I, th- I think the first thing I think about, I guess, is to be part of being a good dad, honestly, is just showing up. You know, I mean, there's there's so many things going on. And, and I think to your point, right, about thinking about some fathers are certainly concerned about how is this going to change my relationship with my wife? Or, you know, am I going to be able to keep playing video games? Or am I going to find time to play golf anymore? And so if you, with sort of all of those things as a backdrop, I, to me, part of it is just showing up as a dad, being there for your kids. Uh, but also the way I think about it is, I think about, what is it that I would like my kids to become as adults and how can I help get them there? And that doesn't mean that your you know, kids cannot grow up 
to become good productive members of society if their parents are absent for whatever reason, right? Because they're working two jobs or, you know, for whatever reason. But I, I do think about it in that sort of framing of that, in that context of how can I contribute to them being contributing members of society or, or to them being caring, honest people who think about others. And, and so, you know, it's all of the little things that you do between now and the point when you sort of have to let them go. And I'm not talking about like 18 years old, right? At, at some point, 12, 13, 14, they're going to be doing stuff on their own, even 11. And so have I done enough to sort of impart that stuff uh, on them when, it, when they're sort of ready to sort of be on their own in that sense? So I want to back up a little bit. I think it was episode 25 where you and I talked about our relationships with, with our parents. I think in the context of working parents, do you, I mean, this is a somewhat personal question, but do you feel like you had a good role model in your father? Did you learn about fatherhood by watching your dad? Yeah, I um, had a really good role model. And it's funny that you talk about sort of how the the sort of modern day parenting is really a relatively new concept, right? It's sort of in this most recent generation, but I actually grew up in a household where my dad did his fair share of the work. I mean, he made us homemade breakfast every morning, which also now that I'm a dad, I realize how difficult that is to put something, you know, biscuits or pancakes or whatever on the table every day. And, you know, he never missed, um, you know, a concert or a, a hockey game. He did laundry. He cleaned up. He shopped for the groceries. You know, all of those things that I think we're seeing more men do these days was something that I saw growing up and it was just sort of reflected. And so for me, that's, I guess, what my vision of what fatherhood looked like. It was sort of that equal parenting. And I did a podcast earlier in the year. I can't remember which one it was, but I actually interviewed him. I think it might have been episode mm-hmm. 25. Mm-hmm. And I, I interviewed him. And, you know, part of this was learning from his dad. So he also saw his dad sort of treating his wife, so my dad's mom, uh, as equals. And I would say that, you know, I remember we would go out and we were at the grocery store one time when I was young and my dad, uh, you know, they, they gave him too much change or they, I can't remember, they either gave him too much change or they forgot to charge him for something. And he said, hey, you know, you forgot to charge me for this thing. And I remember thinking, wow, like that's kind of crazy. And it was just, you know, he found those those teaching moments and instilled that sort of in me. And so I think that, you know, both of those, you know, those teaching moments and also providing me opportunities to chart my own path. So, you know, he built this relationship. My parents both actually built this relationship of trust. And and I was always treated like an adult. I never had a curfew to the point where I remember I was in, I think it was 11th grade one time. I was at a friend's house. It ended up being like, whatever, 1.30, 2.30 in the morning. And they're just like, why don't you just crash here for the night? And I was like, all right. And I woke up the next day and I'm like, this was a terrible idea. Like, my parents are going to kill me. <laughs> like, I haven't come home. I didn't call them. There's no cell phones. I couldn't text them. So, you know, they woke up and clearly my bed was empty. Like, I am dead. And so I got home and they're like, oh, yeah, we just sort of assumed that you crashed your friend's place. Yeah. Right. And so, you know, we talk about in that episode 25 of him sort of saying, you know, what we try to do is give you opportunities to make mistakes but never opportunities that were going to like land you in jail or something, right? But like allow you to sort of grow into that. And so I think that's, those are the things that I am trying to 
do with my children, right? It's to kind of give them that opportunity to grow into their adulthood, make some mistakes, learn from them. And again, nothing egregious where there's sort of you know legal ramifications or anything bigger than that. But then also model this sort of equality in parenting and um, just sort of doing my fair share within the household. So yeah, I, I think that I had a, a great role model and it, it's absolutely something that I aspire to be uh, as I sort of continue this sort of path of, of, of growing into fatherhood. How about, how about, like, what was your situation? Yeah, I was reflecting on this the other day that there's there's sort of a broader, you know, again, I alluded to sort of societal change, but there was, I remember my first, I guess my first career. Uh, anyhow, when I started my, my professional life, I was in a heavily male-dominated uh, profession. And what I saw is that the, and it was just the first generation of women that were breaking into the upper management. And what I found is that the, the women that were, were breaking in there were just uh, tough as nails and they, they were really you know they were the fighters and then the generation that came behind them could be uh, could be more um, egalitarian I suppose mm-hmm. and so I think so what was that 25 30 years ago so that what I saw in my rela- my father's relationship with with my mom was that sort of that, that tumultuous time mm-hmm. and both of my parents are from the Midwest much more traditional and so I saw that sort of tension where my my mom was going to school. She was going to be a grad student. Uh, my dad worked many, many long hours. And so I think there was this tension of where my dad was being pulled in to doing more of the parental roles. And not that he wasn't you know, good at it or anything like that, but it felt like, uh, it. I, I feel like I saw that change happen in real time. Mm-hmm. So, and I, I mean, I did a lot of the things about being a father I did see uh, in my dad, you know, things you talked about, like showing up and lessons and things like that. But that the the gender roles and the 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 mother and the father roles that I saw growing up, I feel like we were right in that change, and so like I said earlier, this it feels like this sort of age of parenting or age of fathering still feels kind of new, and you know if we say twenty five years, it's first or second generation where we are being much more involved, and so I don't I don't know that any of us had a really good role model for what it is now. It sounds like yours is better than than maybe mine or better than most. But it is, um, it's still sort of a new thing. Yeah, I mean, I was reading in, in one of the articles that um, you sort of sourced for this art, uh, for this podcast about this one gentleman who said something to the effect of, I grew up sort of, you know, there was an expectation because I'm the man that I'm supposed to be the breadwinner. And I know sort of philosophically, I don't need to just be that. I can be more than just that. But I still have this sort of block between knowing that I'm supposed to provide for the family, but then also sort of wanting to move into this uh, more active parenting role, right? So he, all he did was I just I worked to provide. That's my job. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And as he sort of, uh, you know, as, the, as as I think some people have benefited from being in the pandemic and seeing, hey, now I've been at home, I can work from home, and now I see all this stuff that I'm missing out on, and I now want to be more of an active participant. But there's sort of that um, the the dichotomy between what I sort of grew up thinking I'm supposed to do and what it is I want to do. And it sounds like for us, at least there was sort of an easier ramp simply because there was some of that was being modeled for us. Mm-hmm. And, right. and, and, you know, because of that, I think the transition for us is very easy. Right? It's much easier than if you grew up in the very, very traditional household where you saw none of that. And you might be struggling a little bit with like, how do I, how do I uh, resolve these two sides of of what I'm feeling? And um, yeah, it was never anything that I sort of had to think about. It was just, at least for me, again, because of, I think, the way I grew up, it was just sort of a natural evolution of, yes, of course I'm supposed to do 
X, Y, and Z thing. You make a good point about the the generals and the the broader expectations. It's not only that we are becoming we being fathers of this age being pulled into more more active parenting roles, but there is that still sort of hangover of the traditional breadwinner, you know, work all day. And, you know, there's some comedian who jokes about, you know, growing up in the seventies, it's like your dad came home, you know, just this, like the stranger came home at the end of the day, you know, and they right, just right. didn't, other than the guy who, you know, was putting, putting, uh, bringing home the bacon, they really didn't know their dads all that much. That was the, the parenting role, mm-hmm. uh, I think for a lot of people growing up. Well, when you were, when you and your wife found out that you were expecting, or even before then, when you're thinking about becoming parents, did you have any concerns or worries about, about would you be a good father? You know, I don't remember anything specific. And I guess part of that is I feel like the early, I mean, I guess in hindsight, right? I feel like the early stages of parenting are actually fairly straightforward. Like, yes, you're not prepared for any of this stuff, right? Like the toddlers and the diaper changing and the sleep schedules but you can weather those storms and they're sort of um a lot of it's sort of binary right like okay uh i can learn to change a diaper i don't know how to do it now but i'll figure it out right so i think there's a lot of that in the early stages i I think you can sort of fake it till you make it and you can't do any long-term damage to your child for the most part if you're at least trying to be a good dad I actually think that I'm getting more nervous as as the kids are getting older, in particular as my daughter is getting older and she's growing into the social sphere in which there is not the same sort of level of black and white, right? So when they're, you know, three or four, it's all about sharing toys and stuff like that. And there's a very clear like, well, it's, you know, you got to share toys, this and that. But now with my older daughter, we're getting into like, well, these girls don't want to play with me. And you just, I don't know how to respond to that because I'm not sure what the context is. And, you know, this is now where I'm getting more concerned about my ability as a parent to just sort of help her navigate these things when it's, there's just so much shades of gray here. And it's also, I'm not just dealing with my own child that I can control. I'm now dealing with other people's kids and other other children's relationships with their parents effectively, right? And so- it's 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 actually this point now that I'm the most concerned about fatherhood, and um, I don't know. I got maybe until they're off to college. Like who knows? Maybe it just it keeps getting more stressful until then. But yeah, I think it was really the 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 early stuff. I, I am curious though. It, you know, so we were kind of talking a little bit about the um, you know sort of what we took from our our dads. And and before you answer, because I'm, I'm going to ask you about also, you know, if you had any qu- concerns about your parenting, but, but before that, is there anything that when you were uh, becoming a father, you said, I absolutely want to do this thing that I saw my dad do, or conversely, I do not want to, like, this one thing that my parents <laughs> did, like, I'm staying far away from life. Did you have any of that stuff? Gosh, that's a good question. Um, I think in a broader sense, I saw my dad having a very... Uh, responsible civic role, a sort of a leadership role. And I don't mean like he was mayor or anything like that. What I mean is that um, taking the initiative, you know, asking people how they were, you know, responding to to problems. It's a very, and I mean that in a sort of the civic minded, being a good neighbor kind of thing, you know, mm-hmm. being, being, thinking more broadly than just about his family and, you know, what his little life was. So that's something that I've carried with me, just trying to be trying to be a good citizen, trying to be a good neighbor. And there's, you know, I I can't even cite them, but there's a whole bunch of little ways that that ends up manifesting in my life. And I'm, I'm happy that I can model that for my girls. Did you have any concerns about fatherhood? I think, as you said, the having a, there's one thing is having a baby, Mm -hmm. right? Which is, 
just kind of parenting. Mm-hmm. And then as they get older, or as the kids get older, then it becomes more about being a father or, you know, and, and as you said, the now thing, now it's for me, it was being a father to a daughter because I know about boys because I am one. I grew up a boy. I've, you know, had friends. I've got a brother. I do have a sister, but she's older. And, I, you know, she was my sort of window or my insight into into girls growing up. But I didn't, I don't really know. I didn't know what it would be like to raise a girl. And, and so early on, just raising a baby, it's not a problem. But as you're saying, as they get older, there's this whole sort of social, you know, emotional world that, that I, that now that I'm starting to experience, it seems a whole lot more intuitive than I expected. But at the time it felt totally opaque. Like there was just, there's something that I just didn't know, Mm -hmm. uh, how I was going to deal with. I mean, if, if like, um, like the sort of problems that girls have in social situations feel different than the social situations that boys would have. And they, and they may not, they may not be, I, I don't know. Cause I've got daughters, but it's starting to feel much more intuitive than I expected to. So, um, I think that's it. I mean, other than being worried about just being a new parent, you know, just because it was brand new, it's something I'd never done before. I didn't know anything about it other than, you know, we talked about our, our parents modeling it for us. Um, so I think that my concerns, as you said, going on to college, I think are going to be, those are going to be the concerns that I didn't realize I had and that now I'm mm-hmm. having. Yeah. You know, it's, it's one thing I was thinking about also about this sort of concerns about being a good father is I, I do remember reading, I don't know if it was before I had kids or not, but you know, the, the, the thing that people always regret when on their deathbed, I never spent enough time with my family. Right. And I think if we go back to that whole, it, it's, that's generally the man, right? Because they're the breadwinner. And so they've spent all these long hours working and, and, and making money. And now they look back and they're whatever, 70 years old. And they're like, I, I don't know who this child is that I, I mean, not quite that level. Right. But I, I regret that. And I, I will say that, you know, I think about being a father and I think about what it means to be a good father. That's the thing to me that I say, you know, at the end of it all, when I look back on it, I will not have that regret. I might have other regrets in life, but I will never look back on my deathbed and say, I didn't spend enough time with my family. And I think that to me is, is part of like that being a good father. Cause if, if I can, if I can, at the end of, at the end of the story, you know, look myself in the eye and say, I did what I wanted to do with my family. I spent the time that I wanted to, then my guess is that I've probably been a good father throughout that process. That's my guess. But you know, we won't know, for hopefully for a while. But uh, I, I, I guess I do sort of think about fatherhood in those senses. And I, again, I think it's like part of being a dad is just it's just being there. It's just showing up. You don't you're not always going to have the answer. But I think as long as you're uh, trying to get there and are you trying to support your kids, I think at the end of the day, that's that's pretty good. I'd say the story idea. That's a really poetic way of putting it. You know, and I think that what I've reflected on uh, lately is that during COVID, so this last year and a half where, I mean, now that the kids are back in school, but certainly for the year and a half through last summer, we were spending so much time together. I was spending so much time with my kids that I was losing that feeling of they grow up so fast, which I thought was wonderful. I felt like they were growing up and I was there to see it, you know, as opposed to, I can't believe where the time went. You know, I can't, you know, it feels like just yesterday. And I feel like in the last year and a half, being able to spend so much time with them feels like feels like uh, being present for their their childhood and being present for my my fatherhood mm-hmm. so you talked a little bit about what it means to be a good father uh, earlier on and and I think you described it as just showing up and I think that's that's kind of how I describe it the things that um, that I try to do are you know validation 
uh, give them lots of attention. My one thing I understand is that kids more than anything just want our undivided attention to do just about anything. Mm-hmm. Uh, so the validation, attention, give them respect, uh, you know, expression of love, basically time and attention, a lot of patience. Just try to I try to treat them like little people. I mean, they're little people. Their brains aren't entirely formed, but you know, give them give that sort of uh, that spirit or their their being that sort of respect that I would that I would give to anybody else. And you know, validating their life experience that's something that I've I've, I've taught myself. I don't know that it was ever something that I read about, but learning how to validate their life experience and there's the idea of you know I've I've seen other parents do it. Um, you know, the kid is scared, and they say, "Oh, you're not scared," or "There's nothing to be scared of." There is something to be scared of. The kid's scared, you know. So realizing that even though it doesn't seem like there's anything to be scared of, the kid is scared. And to be able to recognize that and acknowledge it and validate it, I think is really important. I think that's part of the emotional development. Yeah, I feel like that's the sort of just, you know, sit down and and listen, right? Like that that you might not understand sort of um, really what's going on. But if you just sort of sit there and listen, I think a lot of times you know, your kids will tell you and, and then you'll start to go, okay, I see, like, I see now why you're scared because from my perspective as an adult, it makes no sense. But the more I hear you sort of verbalizing what the problems are, I see where you're coming from. And I, yeah, I think that's, that's an important part of fatherhood too, is just, it's just listening, you know, and, and that, and, and, and I guess that the sort of, uh, the result of that, are, or sort of, the, I don't know, the corollary is not the right word, but the, the sort of, that undivided attention piece, right? That's that. I mean, ultimately, that's what's required for you to listen, and that piece is 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 so important. And I think again, that goes back to again the sort of finding finding moments to just spend that undivided attention with your child, and and sometimes you have to sort of make an excuse. You just have to say, "All right, I like the rest of my day is scheduled. I'm just gonna, you know, as soon as I knock off work, I'm gonna dedicate the next ten minutes to just." sit down and do whatever my kid's doing and, and see what's going on. And, and, uh, you know, and I'll, that's t- at least 10 minutes that they have my undivided attention every day. And, um, yeah, I think those are sort of some of the baby steps. So the things you talked about earlier about being a good dad, and then these sort of principles that you're describing now, how do the, how do you express that in your day-to-day life? What is your, what does your parenting look like? Yeah. So, you know, one of the new things that I've been working on recently is, is the growth mindset, right? So the idea here is that uh, you actually, you don't sort of praise the outcome of what kids are doing. You praise the process. And the idea here is that, so let's say that they, you know, our kids are a little young, but let's say they have a test and they get a hundred. You wouldn't go like, hey, nice job. You you know, great, you got 100. You would actually say something more to the effect of, hey, or at least my understanding of how this works, right, is that you would say something like, hey, you um, you really studied a lot. I could see you really studied quite a bit for that test. And, you know, I think you really had it down and everything like that. And the idea here is that what you're ultimately trying to do is if you can get them, if, if you can get them to find pleasure from the process of learning, then they will become lifetime learners. And then also that the results are not as important. It's the process of going through and what they've learned. It's this whole like, uh, it's the kind of whole thing about, um, you know, miss, you can make mistakes as long as you're learning from them kind of thing, right? So like failure is an option is, is sort of the concept that, 
you know, in that failure, what did you learn from that? Okay, so let's say on the test, instead of getting 100, you got a 50, then you would say something effective. Okay, well, how, you know, what did you do this time? And how do you think we can um, address, you know, where it seems like you maybe had some issues here? How can we get you better in that particular subject matter? And so I, I try and do that as I see, say, drawings come back from my son, so he's in kindergarten, right? So he's still working on the fine motor skills. So I won't say, you know, that's a great drawing of a of a police car. I'll say something like, oh, you know, I can see how much effort you put in because you put all these little details into the police car. Like you put the handle and you put the, you know, the lights are blinking and you put like little, little, little lug nuts on the, on the, <laughs> you know, on the top, on the wheel. And, you know, he, he, not that level of detail, but, you know, those kinds of things is, is sort of what I'm trying to do with them. And there are a bunch of books also that, that I read to them about growth mindset. So that's one that I try and put into practice sort of at a, at a at a daily level. You're sort of applauding the mistakes. And I also, to that point, I will point, or sorry, you're applauding their effort. Uh, and I will, I will actually point out my own mistakes and tell them what I've learned from this. So it mm-hmm. could be something at work. A lot of times I'll just reference food simply because that's a little bit easier for them to understand than some like marketing campaign that didn't work, right? So I'll be like, well, you know, this, this time I made this new dish, it didn't work. I think I X, Y, Z'd. And then usually the second time I create the dish, I'm like, hey, remember the last time I made that dish? It was undersalted. It was oversalted. It was too soupy, whatever it is, right? And I'll say, do you like it this time? Because I think I did a better job. You know, I learned from that mistake and my outcome was a little bit better. So you are sort of still balancing, I guess, a little bit of the outcome piece, but I'm trying to sort of impart that all like, hey, I make mistakes too. Because for a while I used to joke with her, like, I know everything. And um, stupid me, she took it very literally. And so all of a sudden she's like, well, you know everything. And I was like, whoa, okay, I've taken this way too far. So I pulled back on that quite a bit. Um, but yeah, I mean, some of the other things, you know, in terms of just being good to people and, and sort of putting yourself in their position. I've talked about this in the, in the episodes where we talk about books and how I pick books. You know, I'm always trying to teach kids about when I pick books, there's always a reason to it. So it could be perseverance. It could be, you know, celebrating cultures or differences or, you know, because I have a daughter and we've both talked about this, right? So sort of understanding that she can be in the hardcore STEM fields, right? So those are other ways that I try and impart those things. And that's at a daily level, right? Because we're constantly reading. We still read every night, uh, at least 15 minutes per kid. So there's there's some good time. And then, you know, going back to the sort of spending time with them, you know, we eat all of our meals together. The bedtime routine also has, you know, there's basically 30 minutes of bedtime routine. So 15 minutes per kid of story time, you know, try and play with them. And, and it's sort of the listening piece, right? Every day. And, and, and so when we're eating together or whenever I'm in the car, we don't listen to music very often. And we don't, we do podcasts sometimes, but usually I like just, asking them what's going on you know when we're in the car i'll usually turn off the radio and we'll have a conversation while we're driving to where to wherever it is we're going and sometimes that's with both kids sometimes it's with one kid but just having that time dedicated you know yes it's not 100 percent because i'm driving but i don't have a phone in front of me i have no other distractions right so we're having that conversation in the car. They can't go anywhere. There's there's nothing else that they can do to occupy themselves. So I also have their full attention. And so I think those are kind of the the, the daily ways that that I try and make time to, you know, do all these things. And I think it's important to try and find 
little ways to get a little bit in every day. And so it just becomes a habit. And I think that I guess maybe that's the other thing about fatherhood is that I believe that fatherhood is not about grand gestures that happen once a year. Right. It's not about the fact right. that, hey, I, you know, I paid for a trip to Disneyland or I paid for a trip to whatever. Yeah. I mean, that's a great thing. And, you know, don't get me wrong. That's that's great for the whole family. But ultimately, I don't think that when again, when we look back on our lives at the end of the day and when and when the kids look back on their on their childhood, I mean, yes, they will remember the trip to wherever. But they'll remember those daily things, that time that you spent with them every day. That, I think, is the more long-lasting thing. And that's the piece that is going to solidify the relationship with your children. Those are all really good points. Yeah, as far as modeling for your kids. I, what I was remembering was when, it was probably two or three years ago, when they were just a little bit younger. And it was, and there were so many demands on my attention. You know, every dad knows that you know dad look at this daddy will you do this can you reach this for me will you tie my shoes whatever and it felt like mm -hmm. there were so many demands and they were coming so rapid fire that I couldn't even kind of like put two thoughts together and it was uh and it was an exercise in patience and understanding that that putting myself in their shoes and understanding that this was their world this isn't about me and what I want this is about uh, about them and and validating that and showing up, you know, they need my help to do this and and not being um, resentful about it, you know, mm -hmm. and just understanding that this is a you know it's a sort of service of parenthood and being patient and understanding and and learning how to how to navigate that in a way that that doesn't you know affect my self care. That's important. You know, I heard uh, I talked to another father today and he was describing self care as you know putting on your oxygen mask before you can take care of your mm -hmm. kids. You know. Mm -hmm. So there are ways that I can that I need to take care of myself before I can kind of put them ahead of me. But really, it's about their experience. And, you know, so I try to respond and, and accept their request for attention. I think, you know, I, I tell them that the the greatest compliment I can have is when one of them say, you know, will you play with me or I want to play with you? I think that's just wonderful. And I try to show up and give them my attention and be present. I also I try to model respectful relationships. Uh, with her mom and, um, you know, have, have civil disagreements and, you know, treat her with respect uh, and just make sure I give them time. You know, um, I tell them I love them all the time. I try to, when I say it, I try to really feel it. So it's not just empty words. I tell them I'm proud of them and, uh, and that they should be proud of themselves because they should. And, you know, I'm, I remember and growing up and I see other people, it's just, sometimes it's not easy and it's important to have that validation of like, you're doing a good job, you know? This is really hard. You're doing a really good job. So, I mean, those are sort of, you know, gauzy ethereal things. It's not necessarily practical ways that uh, that I try to be a good father. But essentially, it's just about the time and attention and the the little things and the patience and, and giving them my attention when I can. So, you know, you referenced one of the articles. There was a, you know, I said I did a Google search and there's a whole bunch of articles about what it means to be a good father, what it means to be a good dad. And essentially, the, the experts would sort of summarize it like this, that being a good dad is about the little moments, the little moments that count, the shared experiences, spending time together. Uh, you know, as you said, it's not the Disneyland trip, it's the ordinary time. Um, just the, like eating together, reading books, playing together. And uh, and again, respecting them like little people and just making sure that that their experience is one that's centered around them and not necessarily around us. Yeah, I think that, I think that, uh patience thing is so important and it, it as you point out it can't be super tough right when like especially you have two kids and there's always something going on and there's always a kid that's you know needs some help 
But I, I think that patience thing, you know, at a certain point, you wake up one day and you realize they're actually, they don't need me as much, A. And I think with some of that, there is a little sense of like, they're, there's there, there's some level, I think, at least for me, there's, there's also some level of sadness with that, right? That they're growing up and that the little things they don't need you for anymore. And so it's sort of bittersweet that day, at least for me, when you sort of wake up and you recognize that, oh, they actually my patience is not being tried as much because they don't need me as much anymore. Right. Yeah. It's sort of the first signs that they're, again, they're, they're sort of growing into themselves and they're like, well, I don't, I don't need you to get me milk anymore. Like I can do it on my own or I can brush my teeth on my own. I can, you know, all of those little things that day in and day out are things that probably are quite trying. But when you look back over it, you go, wow, I, I miss those moments. And, you know, because like everything with parenting, right, it, it is a stage. And if you can just sort of weather that storm, the next stage, I don't know if it gets easier. It's different. Let's put it that right. it's, a, yeah. it's a different set of challenges. And that might be easier or less easy for you, depending on, you know, what that challenge could be. But, uh, yeah, patience is something that I, I, I think is a – I was actually – I've always thought of myself as being a pretty patient guy and especially when they were younger and crying about diapers and stuff like because they can't control that but i will say as i've, as I've gotten older as they gotten older the patience is a little bit less just because you have all these again this external stresses and then the constantly like can you tie my shoelace can i do this what about that is it dessert time can i watch a movie you know it just piles up but patience is absolutely you know, if you've got, if you can manage your patience level, I think that is uh, also a a uh, a virtue of being a good father. I mean, I'm not saying that you have to have it to be a good father, but it, it certainly helps everybody. I think because you know your 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 stress level is a little bit lower if you can be patient, and 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 the kids is as well. Yeah, I think that's definitely a foundation. Well, being a good dad is obviously in the eye of the beholder, and as I said earlier, we're not experts, but we hope we gave you some ideas some possible answers about what it means to be a good father and what you can do to kind of aim for this in your parenting life. If you'd like to support the podcast and hear more discussions about fatherhood, please subscribe and drop us a review. If you have any questions, hit us up on the Facebook page, facebook.com backslash And don't forget to head over to the website, papefatigue.club and pick up some merch. Thanks for listening.